Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and today we've got a star-studded lineup for a very important episode. Obviously, if you guys have not seen, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to another Super Bowl. They're third in the Patrick Mahomes era, and as you can see on everyone on the screen, we've got a full crew here. Kyle Henning to my left. Kyle, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm... I'm was there a team that did a whole, whole, whole bunch of talking and a mayor and a thing and some stuff? Goodness, um, I think I'm doing pretty good because I are the Chiefs headed to their third Super Bowl in four years? Yes, they are. Yeah, I think so. Are they headed they to sure the, are. the Super Bowl for the third time since Mahomes took over? Yes, they are. Yeah. Sure, sure. Has are. he ever been anywhere but the AFC title game? Since he took over, no. Is he getting ready to win his second MVP? Yeah. Yeah. Did he yeah, just beat the second best quarterback and nemesis of his on one foot and Another arguably one. outplayed him? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Uh, this is this is arguably, shocking. Arguably, hold on, stop. No, I, I don't I, know I, 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 arguably, at Arrowhead, Tom is here as well. <laughs> yes, Tom, uh, to be nice. I am okay. here. Um, uh, yeah, I'll just interrupt uh, Kyle. I wasn't going to uh, piss the Bengals fans off that are here to watch us vote on their grave five seconds There's in. There's no way so, the Bengals fans are uh, not single Bengals fans. No, the only person, the only person who thinks that there's an arguably is PFF, and we know what PFF <laughs> uh, is. Oh, good. I had there, that so I'm not throwing shade, but I am... Uh, I am. So, anyways, I'm doing yeah. great, Garrett. Thanks for asking. Glad to be here. Happy to be here. Glad uh, to have really, you. Yeah, uh, coming live from the the Chiefs locker room at Arrowhead yeah, Stadium. Scoop. Yeah, with the background. If you can't, if you're not watching, you're missing the glorious uh, uh, shining of my bald head under this lighting. So, yeah, uh, no, it was a great time. Um, I I started it last uh, episode. I said, you know, even just being in the AFC Championship, I think exceeded the expectations that even our fans had. For this year, and uh, they continue to rise to the occasion. They continue to be uh, Mahomes continues to be legendary in every aspect of the word, and it is just uh, it's important to remember that as we watch it uh, unfold in person. So uh, I'm very much extremely it. happy enjoy to be here while we watch it unfold in person. Yes, and here to enjoy it with us. Obviously, like Tom mentioned, we are on YouTube. So if you're not watching us on YouTube, you probably haven't seen this guest yet, but he's been on the screen showing with us and here's here to recap this wonderful game with us. Our buddy, Zach Eisen. Zach, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm uh, excited for the one on Sunday and, you know, I'll join this week before next week gets the nerves going before 
Um, we hopefully get ring number three in the franchise and the home get ring number two. Man, it would be sweet. It would be a very, very sweet occasion. But yeah, we've got a lot to talk yeah, about in this he one. Off, he left off his additional titles from his intro. Yes, Tom. Or Did Tom, your phone stop what going off yet? Uh, no, I muted the thread because I just didn't want to listen to the Bengals fans complain about, you know, how Mahomes was on one leg and so, he had no so, receivers and yeah. then he still beat their ass. Don't so. know, for those of you that don't know, Zach's tweet uh, from Sunday night got picked up by, and I want to make sure I had this right. Was this ESPN, NFL, ESPN, NFL on ESPN, I think. NFL on ESPN. Yeah, this was the big that. account, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty big one. And they screen capped Zach's tweet and put a nice, pretty graphic of the game behind it. And then they tagged him in the post. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, buddy. Those mentions are about to be on fire. And We're in sure the company enough, of someone famous now. Yeah. Yep. How's it so feel? Zach has, uh, Zach has gone ahead and ascended all of us already and gone ahead and gone viral on ESPN for a tweet. So there's that. Um, Zach did that a long time ago because he's yeah. one of the greatest writers out there for Arrowhead Report and all the content that he puts out. Oh, which churning out that material over there, huh? Yeah. All the time. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, so, so we got a big Zach. episode here, obviously recapping this game. There's going to be a lot to talk about. We got Zach here to kind of break it down with us, but uh, you know, a lot of storylines to talk about. Where should we start? Anyone got any idea of where to start? with this one. I, I Kyle, Kyle has his hand raised. Let's see what you got, Kyle. We we should probably start with the best player on the field on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones absolutely destroyed the Cincinnati Bengals, and it wasn't even a question. Um, that's, I think, the best game that I've personally wit- witnessed from a Chiefs defensive player. I'm, there were great defensive performances from guys before I was born and before I was old enough to remember or so on and so forth. I I remember watching Derek Thomas play. I was old enough for some of that. That performance in that scenario against that team after everything that's taken place and in the AFC title game to go out and basically destroy the entirety of the Bengals offensive line piece by piece, depending on when they wanted to line him up against one, two or three of them. And he caused nightmares all night. Um, There is a small, small contingent of chiefs fans and a couple of radio personalities on in the Kansas city radio area that I won't name, but they know who they are, that wanted to trade this man before his last deal and have since then continued to double down on it and suggest that we trade him after this season. And uh, all I basically have to say to you, any of them at this point is, do you need any more evidence that your theory was wrong? Because your theory is bad and we should not do that. He needs to be extended uh, the second they can do it. And with an additional $16 million in cap room um, coming for the cap this year with the increase, not counting Mahomes' contract. Lock Chris up. And while you're at it, and while you're at it, bring his boy back with him because he's a 
cog in that defense that I've been yelling about for three years. No one wanted to hear. The shark matters, folks. Sorry. You may not like it, but he does. I agree with Kyle on bringing Chris Jones back. Uh, I think that's an important priority for the offseason. I know, you know, the idea of trading him, but like he's that's playing such for the offseason. As, as such an elite level. And I understand, you know, big contracts, all that stuff, but he he is um you gotta keep him around. I will also agree if they can make the money work that they should keep That's Frank Clark there, yeah. around. I um, I think I mentioned it last time. I wanted to play. Like, he has to be, keep him on a snap count. Save this man for the playoffs. He just like he is. He does the reverse of Peyton Manning, where he gets better in the in the playoffs instead of worse. Um, you know, I mean, the fact that Frank Clark is third all times in you know playoff sacks is just wild to me. <laughs> Um, you know, but I I think that's important. You know, big players make big plays in big games and Frank Clark, for whatever reason, that's where he makes his money. So keep him, I I anticipate them adding some more younger defensive ends. So having his presence in the locker room, I think is important. And and I think Frank has settled into uh, his role in Kansas city. And I think that he really does like being here. So hopefully, um, you know, they can give him a good, two, three-year deal, some options, some incentives, that type of thing, um, without having to break the bank. He's not an elite pass rusher like he was when he, you know, was brought to Kansas City. He's not a top you – know, I, w- I don't know if I would put him in the top ten. I, I don't think I would. Um, but he's, you know, he's a starter. Uh, he's he's capable of making some plays. So, um, you know, let's make that work. There's a lot of, a lot of things to, to do, but this is a – a team that's going to the Super Bowl, Frank Clark played a role in that, especially really primarily in the postseason. So, you know, mm-hmm. even if he's that relief pitcher who, you know, we don't, you know, he's just kind of, oh, he's, he's at training camp, just kind of hanging out playing ping pong. And then, you know, later in the season we can see him amping up. But, like, I just – I think you 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 got to have him for the playoff experience at, at minimum. I think you can't mm-hmm. replace that very easily. He yeah. He does – something that's irreplaceable he's the leader of that defense from a set the tone set the intensity level chris is great chris is a but chris is a fun dude have a good time and he can get serious and he can make a statement and be emotional but i'm telling you right now ask those guys in that locker room and they'll tell you frank is that dude for that defense and the work that he did in training camp i talked about this the second the video dropped of him the first day of camp spending time after practice with Karloftis, and the second day it was Karloftis and Kando and Malik Herring, and the third day it was all and they all of them ended up out there. Every why, Frank? Why does that matter? Because George got a sack in the playoffs in that game. Wonder how that. I wonder how he was able to. Progress and now Joe Colin and Spags get tons of credit too, but veteran guys teaching the guys that are doing it currently tools and tick, tips and tricks that matters. And one of the best at doing that, you may get seven games a year out of him, but if four of them are in the three or four of them are in the playoffs and he does it consistently, who cares? And Zach's getting ready to tell us why Chris Jones should win DPOY and Frank Clark can only come back on a certain number. Go ahead, Zach. No, I agree with you. Got what you guys said. I mean, um, the move that you talked about with Carl um, Loftus getting a sack against the Bengals—that's a Frank Clark move. Run him at the arc and then spin back, and that's what exactly what he did. So I, I can definitely see that from 
Frank's teachings to George and you saw it play out on in big time games. Uh, going to Chris because I don't want to under um, understate what he did. He dominated that game from start to finish, and nice. it's not the most important game he's played in because obviously he's played in two Super Bowls and he's about to play in a third. But um, from a legacy standpoint, everybody was like, "This guy needs to have this game," and he stepped up to the plate and went above and beyond, and it was even better than you could even imagine. I mean, yeah, legit. Like from start to finish, a dominant game from Chris. He was all over the field, lining up, and obviously kind of came out afterwards the uh, the unique things that they wanted to do with him that they didn't do in the last Bengals matchup. That they uh, you know decided to line him up wide and uh, mix and match all these different formations and all this stuff. That which obviously the Bengals going in with a, a you know a damaged O line already, and then having to deal with Chris Jones lining up as a four eye over your shoulder and just getting isolated one on one one matchups. It's yeah, the Bengals fan or the Bengals offensive line really did not know kind of what was coming from Sack Nation. Obviously, five sacks on the night uh, for the entire team doing a just getting pressure on Burrow consistently. Like and Nightmares. Chris Jones was right at the start of that every single. I mean, he was getting you know all the all the complaining that we heard about everything and. Uh, the refs and whatnot. Chris Jones was basically getting held on every single play, and he still ended up with two sacks, eight pressures, and a tackle for loss or whatever. So, He's... you know, oh it's uh, it's kind of a, it's it's great to see Chris Jones stepping up. And you know, he said in his post game that he was kind of training all off season for this exact moment. This is you know what the goal was, and uh, he sh- you know showed up and stepped up. I, I knew that he was going to have a, a huge game as soon as you saw in the uh, the pregame anthem. They cut to him with a, a tear running down his eye. It's like, oh, man, it's over for these guys. It is over. Yeah, so, Chris Jones was, Zach- was locked in, and that was huge. Uh, oh. And even when he wasn't getting sacks, whatever. I mean, just blowing dudes off the line of, off the line of scrimmage <clears throat> and just, you know, um, just an impressive performance from Chris Jones. The entirety of the Bengals offensive line and Joe Burrow are going to be having nightmares for roughly the next six months about what Chris Jones did for that game. Because every time they moved, he was in the way. It didn't. I've he destroyed them in every way possible. And Garrett said the thing. And they said the quiet part out loud. And I say this all the time. You very rarely hear people say the quiet part out loud. Guys, he just told you that in the regular season game, they sat on it. They didn't use it. They didn't show it. They didn't do anything with it against them. And then waited until the opportunity that they may get them again in the playoffs. And lo and behold, Spagnolo pulls a game plan out of nowhere and lit them up. We ask yes. all the time if they hold stuff during the regular season and if they have C and B and B minus game plans for certain games and just expect to execute it perfectly to be able to do enough to win. They said the quad part out loud, folks. Yeah, Spags, absolute clinic of a game from Spags, really. Just all the different fronts, the formations, and then, you know, having Legereus Sneed go down so early in the game, relying on three rookie starting cornerbacks to, to fill in and, and guard that. I mean, that Bengals wide receiver core is no is no joke. I mean, I tweeted out like they probably have the best three like high point wide receivers. Yeah, like it was crazy. And we had three rookies guarding them. 
Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, and then Trent McDuffie, obviously. Uh, and they stepped up. The entire defense stepped up. You know, we got two picks yeah. from the rookies. Uh, Brian Cook, you know, basically caused that. One of the picks, we had a dropped pick. Like, oh, Trent, it was a. Trent could have set the whole tone oh of the game. Goodness. He baited him. He waited him, and then it just hit him. Just in, he, oh my god! If he was a half inch taller, I think he probably just stands there and snags that. But he like jumped, and it hit funny on the inside of his palm. Oh my god! Uh, no, that thing hit him square in the hands. But no, it was yeah. That's uh, one you gotta catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's gonna, you know, he wants that one back, and that's like, and you talk about like, you can't give these rookies enough credit for the situation they're put in. Biggest yeah. game of the season. Toughest matchup that they're that they've had all season. Toughest matchup that they will have, and and that's you know the Eagles are have good receivers. Game. Yeah, I mean, just it's such an impossible situation, yeah. and they handled it so well. And, and it's you know I think um, I I don't remember who who was talking about it. One of the guys said you know at this point in the season, it might have been George Karloftis. He said we're not rookies anymore, right? Now we're focused on being Kansas City Chiefs. We are a part of this team. We're part of this culture. And you know we gotta we gotta act like we've been here, and that's um, part of how they um, approach this this or this postseason. And you just see it. Um, gosh, I mean, Trent McDuffie plays like a guy who's been in the league for five years, um, and, and the other guys, you know, you you see some moments from them, but holy cow, Josh Williams and Brian Cook and um, Jalen Watson just. I, you're talking fourth and seventh and second round picks and first round picks and rookies. <laughs> um, you're you guys know, that missed time guys that didn't play all their snaps this year. Guys that look, man, Josh Williams guys, and Jalen Watson had no fun against Cincinnati in the regular season. None whatsoever. Guys that this time last year were getting, some of them were getting ready to play in the senior bowl, which just started, oh, you know, like, not the, not the, but, how did he, how um, did he do it, folks? How did he, how did he interject? How, did did I, always, how does he always do it? How <laughs> but by the way, though, if you haven't seen on our YouTube channel, Tom did upload a top 10 senior bowl prospects to watch for the Chiefs. Just a little plug in there. But you guys are right, though. I mean, the rookies, they're really not rookies. They have a whole season under their belt. They have seen a lot of game action, and Spags obviously trusted them in a lot of different scenarios. And obviously, all thing. that pressure and everything it it got to joe burrow like it the Bengals looked uncomfortable all game they had no time in the pocket they really weren't clicking like zach what did you kind of see from from how spags used everybody and why like they it seemed like the Bengals or it seemed like the chiefs this this matchup just had the Bengals number on as far as the defense yeah i mean the one thing that really sticks out is that they he just kept using bolton in the a gaps to say you can't double chris Jones. you have to worry about me coming so um you know they had, the center couldn't immediately go double Chris because they had to worry if Bolton was going to come in through the A-gap and go get Burrow immediately. So that was the best – I mean, that was the number one thing that they did. And then the second thing that Spags did a lot, which I was talking about earlier in the week beforehand, is like they played a lot of man. And that was exactly what they needed to do because against zone, they were getting killed in the first game. They were uh, finding soft spots. Burrow was picking them apart. They played man. And even when – Need went out, those guys were on their hips, even their three biggest plays of the game. The Higgins over Watson, it's, you know, 50-50 ball, he jumps and gets it. The one down the sideline before this first half, 
And then the Chase one on fourth and six, where it's double teamed and Chase just makes an incredible play. They yeah, get paid I mean, too, it's just guys. freaky, yeah, freaky athletes that the Bengals have over there at receiver. Like, it's, sometimes you're going to get got by them. I mean, these are, yeah, like, like Kyle said, these are professional athletes. Like, these are the but best of the best. To that same note, those guys and those Yolo, let's be honest, there was a couple Yolo balls. Um, oh, yeah. From Joe Burrow. And two of those ended up in rookie hands, off of a rookie hand to a rookie and in another rookie's hands. Mm-hmm. And, Zach talked about Legarius going out. That was the fourth play of the game. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like they had the injuries did not slow down either. And then Josh Williams came in off the bench cold and shut it down for like five seconds. Tom just sent me now. Again, we talked about this wonderful organization earlier. Grain of salt. PFF, 47 coverage snaps, two catches, one pick, 9.2 passer rating. Seems good. Does seem good, obviously PFF, um, but it does seem good. In coverage, guys, that's the fill-in for Legarius need playing outside, and Trent McDuffie having to go back inside after working predominantly outside most of the year goes inside and plays that Sneed role where they use him everywhere. But uh, he played a lot of slot. I will. I do hope they get him some longer cleats because <laughs> I mean, yeah, McDuffie. McDuffie was stellar this game. Like, from the start, the first play of the game, they throw a screen out to Chase. He mm-hmm. sheds the block and makes a tackle from the slot, right? So, they even with, like, even those four plays that Sneed was in, McDuffie and him were still rotating between the slot and going outside. So, they had a game plan to mix it up. First play of the game, he set the tone, shed a block, mm-hmm. made a tackle. And the rest of the game, he kept cutting guys low and getting them down on the ground quickly. without Because Chase is notorious for – First guy, you cannot tackle him. McDuffie didn't let him break a tackle at all all night, yeah. and that was huge to why the Chiefs won. Yeah, and McDuffie, somebody needs to remind McDuffie that he's – Jamar Chase, hilarious. Yeah, somebody should probably remind McDuffie that he's, you know, what is he, 5'10", 5'11", right? <laughs> Dude's out here playing, like, just bodying people. It's like it doesn't – he'll just rip your ankle off like it doesn't matter to him. So it's just a stellar game from, from the guys. And, and also, we talked about him last week, but – Brian Cook. Um, it's exciting to to watch these young guys, you know, turn it turn it up at this time of the, we of the call year. Brian Cook, by the way. Brian yeah, Cook played. I mean, again, they had some bumps, but like he was there. Like that that chase catch. I mean, he was. I mean, I was like that. That's just a catch that Jamar Chase and maybe Justin Jefferson make. Like, there's not many guys in the NFL who are going to come down with that on a regular basis. But like, he was. Um, he was. You know. You saw him all over the field, and it's just – it is an incredibly exciting thing to see um, what these rookies were able to do and to think about who the Chiefs might draft in April. But anyways, what's our next topic, Garrett? Yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps up the defense. Obviously, I think the general sense, I think you could say, defense was uh, kind of carried that game a little bit. They Definitely held, uh, kept them in it. They held them both under 100. Higgins oh. and Chase, neither one got 100 yards. 83, 83 on six for Higgins, under 14, six for 75 for Chase, and most of those for those two dudes came on one catch apiece that was 30 and 40 yards roughly. Yeah. So, yeah. You know who for, did get 100 like, yards, Kyle? Absolute arrangement, huh? You know who did get 100 yards in this game? Who did get 100 yards, Garrett? Just uh, the Chiefs' number one wide receiver, obviously, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, the guy who 
obviously everyone this season knew that he would step up in a big game and absolutely take it over as the uh, lockdown, you know, stud number one receiver that he is, outperforming Jamar Chase and all them guys. Yeah, you know, that's just MBS for you. He is the guy. But, uh, no, on a real note, I mean, the wide receiver group, as, as, you know, injuries were kind of a factor in this game heavily, it turned out a lot, especially for the Chiefs. Um, so there was a time, very, not too early, into, or not too late into the game, that uh, we had lost Juju, we had lost Tony, Michael Hardman got hurt, and uh, we were down to MBS as receiver number one, essentially. They, the had, only guy. they had three receivers left, Sky, yeah. MBS, and Marcus Kemp. That Super was it. champion Marcus Kemp, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, so his entire career before that game, Marcus Kemp. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, um, that guy who got a 13-yard catch on the Bengals. Zach, I've described the the only way I've been able to describe MVS's season this year, and I've used it multiple times, is roller coaster. I don't know how else. To, to, look, man. Whatever it was earlier this year that you were having trouble with with. The, whether it was how he throws the ball, whether it was the angle, the arm slots, the rotate, because there were some of those that hit him. I mean, dude, square in the chest, wide open, hit you right in the hands, bloop, on the ground. Now, this fan base has seen a receiver with a ton of talent drop balls before. That's not new to us. We we saw it literally last season. Dude's going to the Hall of Fame and had problems. Um, Still much wrong. He showed up in – and. We talked. He's the other conversation was he had he struggled with routes, getting open, getting himself open. Well, as we just talked about, his his running mates for about the last half of that game were Sky Moore and Justin Watson. So, talk about because I know you've done a, all the watching of the film and stuff already in the game looks in the twenty two. Talk about what he did from the roller coaster perspective that then became this just steady heartbeat pulse, just flat rhythm the whole way through this game. Because he didn't make yeah. a mistake this game, I don't think. I don't even know if there's a way to describe it because, like, it's been all year where he makes just ridiculous catches all the time, and the easy ones are hard for him. It's it, it doesn't make sense why it happens, but to even, you know, on Sunday he made the easy ones, and that was the good thing to see. And uh, the one thing that you notice from before to what happened on Sunday when everyone went out is that he had to run the actual route. He didn't. He was not the vertical space guy. He was not the clear out route guy. He became your number one receiver, running, you know, the digs, the slants, the the he even orbit motion. I I mean that was a one of the worst orbit motions I've ever seen, but it worked because they just had no clue why he was. It, it almost motion. looked like it almost looked like one of those times where like a receiver false starts and then he's like, oh, I'm gonna go in motion, and then he was just like, yeah, hey, I'll just. Orbit motion, that's what yeah, we usually no, do, that right? That's a normal thing. That play was for Kadarius, uh, Nicole, yeah. um, and then Juju. He's like, where am I supposed to run at? I'm a circle, yeah. right? A circle or a square? I don't know. It's just, I mean, I know he's probably run that route in practice, and I know that's probably why they don't give him that route very often. But, Maybe. like, I watched yeah. that, and I was like, is that – was that an, was that supposed to be the orbit motion play? <laughs> and sure enough, that's what that was. I was like, yeah. huh. Okay. Looks different when he does I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I always love with what NDS does is he's a long strider. So he always gets downfield quick, like yeah. with his yard after catch. He's never, he's never messing around. He's one cut and he's going downfield. And 
that's what he utilized. I mean, on that over motion we talked about where he caught it, turns, and just takes off for 20 yards down the field. And it was a big first down at that time of the game. And, um, you know, the one that Pat fits into him at the goal line, it's like, that's a tough catch because you got hands flying in your face. A really tough You're catch. trying to it's, – it's lasering right into you, and he brings it in. At first, when I was watching, it was like there was no reaction from anybody. I was like, man, this guy dropped it. And- he didn't react. He yeah, didn't move. He didn't move. He just sat there. And then he gets up and goes like this. I don't think like, he knew oh, that ball like, got oh. to him. He did. I don't think he knew that ball got to him. I think he had his hands there ready to catch it if it hit. And it hit. And he caught it. And he was like, oh, my God, that got there. Because I yeah, when, he, when that ball, like, when he let that ball go, I was like, no, that's a pit. Oh, my God. God, I say, as crazy that. of a catch as it was, even was, more of an insane of a throw. That throw. Heat on that sucker. I mean, he probably had to get the wind back into him. <laughs> probably not. Am, am I insane? Right was he on his out. left front foot when he threw that, Zach? Yeah, he, he on his he front was, foot. He, he had to go. He had to go right, and then step up onto his left foot and throw it. Yeah, he was on normal his front quarterback foot, thing. I not think. planted, not back foot on the bad ankle, and absolutely threw a laser beam. And I'm like I said, I think the reason MVS didn't react is because I don't think he really he thought that ball was getting there. I think he was stunned. Like, I caught it. Oh, that ball got there. <laughs> like, oh yeah. He might have thought that a couple of times after some of those catches that he had. I mean, he had that one back shoulder adjustment one, and He's, that was. He like Zach said, he makes all of that crap look ridiculously easy or nonchalant. Yeah. And the eight yard slant that hits him right here is like. <clears throat> What happened? I don't know. Catch it and run. Yeah, sure is an interesting player, but hey, he stepped up big time in this game. And uh, to see his post game reaction, it was He's not leaving next year. I'll eat this one. No, Stay yeah, I'm about to say his his post game reaction. It definitely seemed like uh, this is a guy who <laughs> might stay around. He ain't leaving now. What well, even that? No, He's I mean, under contract, and they're not before, cutting him. He ain't leaving now. Before, <laughs> yeah, before playoffs, I was like, oh, like you get seven million dollars of free space. Like you can pay a guy to just run straight you know, for $2 million and go draft a guy to do it. And now that he stepped up in these big moments, like, I don't think you can let that guy go if you're yeah. going to have to, no, you know, you might as well just hold on to him. Guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, might as well... what is he next year? 16? 14? No, it's less, but it's, it's, it's 11 less? or 12. It's 11 or 12. Even better. Even better. Yeah. Welcome back, MBS. Let's go get a ring. Like, but, uh, that's not even a thought at that point. He's already under contract. You just let him ride because somebody else watched that game and watched him run all those routes like Zach did too. And they they work for NFL teams and have free agent budget money. So yeah, no, yeah. If and the salary cap just went up. Controlled for twelve million. <laughs> Take that to the bank, baby. <laughs> yeah, they can they can spend all their money on keeping their players because they have the draft coming up and they have some draft picks and they can use some draft picks. In fact, oh, let me, we need to meet this guy's right. mic. So, Listen, transitioning uh, to something that yeah, about to say transitioning to the guy we were literally never talking about in the draft is quarterback because we have the best quarterback ever, Patrick Mahomes, uh, who went absolutely lights out nuclear. Right yeah, that's yeah, but we have one absolutely. Look, I understand media and, you know, wanting to start a conversation whatnot. But, like, if you want to argue, go argue Burrow and Allen. Go argue uh, Herbert yeah. and Lawrence. Herbert, like, like, go, Herbert and Lawrence. Oh, no, yeah. like, like, throw Jackson to, in there with someone. You don't need to disrespect Pat like that. Like, the guy, okay, and now you're saying, now he's gone to his third Super Bowl. Now everyone wants to say, oh, maybe he's, you know, obviously we've said he's best of all time. But guys who are, say, oh, now he's top five all time. So it's like, 
So he went from, you know, being the fourth best quarterback behind Allen, Burrow, and Herbert, and now he's top five all time because of one win. Like, it, it's, it's like you disrespected him so much, and he just continues to prove guys wrong. And, you know, everyone you said – the hybrid opposite. Tell him, Zach, let's go. Jalen Hurts, he, this game may change his legacy again. Like, what are you doing? Tell yeah, him. I mean – it's a different standard for everybody because everyone said you can't do it without Tyreek. He's going to win MVP with Ty- without Tyreek. Now it's can't do it without Kelsey. Can't do it without Andy. So when Andy and Kelsey retire and he's dominating in 10 years still, like what are they going to say then? So there's just always these people are going to say whatever they want, but it's really never was a conversation nor should it be a conversation. Hey, I have well a question said. for you on the same topic, and I think this one goes for you and Tom, but I'll let you answer first. Hey, um, when you guys watched that game, which quarterback showed the more um, intellectual ability to read and diagnose and dissect defenses? Just curious. Look, I think, uh, I'm not going to say I can get in the quarterback. I'm just curious. Stuff, but looking at – How many times on the broadcast did you hear an announcer guy. break down a play that said he got got by the defensive coordinator? For one guy and not for the other. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's if you're questions. If your argument is, oh, another guy's better at doing the fundamental quarterbacking, then you're not watching the games because (laughs) Pat will play in the structure of the offense. But what makes him different is that he can play out of structure and be the best player out of structure as well. So it's just you're just making yourself a fool at that point. He was number one in every major statistical and analytical category from the pocket this year. Okay? Number one in all of them. And that's not even the thing he does best. Also, the uh, I, the reason I brought up the intellectual conversation, which, Tom, I still want you to answer that. Um, we all know what that statement really said, if we're going to say what the words actually mean and not what the quote was. And... I frankly hate that crap with an absolute passion because to me it's almost worse than just saying the quiet part out loud of what you're saying with that sentence. And we all know what it is because they've been doing it for my entire life with every single quarterback of a certain, I don't even know what to call it, skin tone, race, nationality, those things of the above. So, Let's not pretend what those comments were and weren't. Okay. So I, I am inclined to agree with you. Like there, there seems to be this hesitation, like, oh, he's, you know, he his only skill is getting out of the pocket and making these backyard plays. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying, Kyle. I, I keep it simple on this one. And this game specifically, like, listen, Joe Burrow, really good quarterback, really great quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if, Patrick Mahomes wasn't in the league, might be the top guy. But unfortunately for Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes is in the league. And you could talk about, you know, three and one against, but all I don't care. I don't care. Right. Um, because even in those games, even in those games, it's not like Joe Burrow outdueled him or blew him out or anything like that. Right. The, the, it's been a three point game every time. So let, let me say that, this. I don't want to interrupt you, Tom, but like, the reason the Bengals won those three times were because Lou Anarimo, not Joe Burrow. Yes. Um, and the Chiefs. Yeah. Blowing themselves, so, their foot off with a shotgun. 
yeah, and can't, yeah, being unable to finish a sack. Um, now, when I watched this AFC Championship game, there's only one player who threw two interceptions and almost had a third. But we talked about the Trent McDuffie. I mean, he threw it to him, right? He almost so, had four, but but uh, yeah. Nick Bolton as Brian Cook was an eighth of a second too soon. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of you know just you can't as a Bengals fan. What's I think what I think is offensive is for you to go and say and to continue to say things like, oh, Joe Burrow this, Joe Burrow that. Joe Burrow had a bad game, and that's okay. We've seen Pat have bad games before, right? But Joe Burrow, what wasn't his night, right? And you can talk about turnover-worthy plays, I, you know, whatever. PFF is going to tell you that, you know, Joe Burrow graded out, but I don't care, right? Because I have two eyeballs that work pretty well with the help of some contact lenses, but they do work. I have, I've had an optometrist appointment within the last six months. They are accurate 2020 right here, and I can see it. And I, I look at that, and I go, you know what? I, you know, Pat had, had a big mistake in this game, right? He had the, the butterfinger ball and fumble turnover. He had the holding a frozen ice cube ball. His hand was wet ball. Yeah, that's what he yeah. we can we can We can own that, right? But you got to own yeah. that home, or that uh, Burrow threw two picks, right? And he, he almost threw up. two more. And he got, yeah, he was rattled under pressure, all that stuff. We talked about it before. The key to the game, when Joe Burrow is sacked more than five times, his his win-loss record is, you know, like flipped. So we got to him five times. You know, it is it is a team sport at the end of the day. But but it, it does go back to, when you talk about Mahomes, I, I get it because when you don't have the guy, you want your guy to be the guy. And they did it to Brady. They did it to Manning. They did it to Brett Favre. You know, it's always been, you know, I just, I want somebody else. I want somebody else. It can't be, you know. Um, Roger, you got that for a while. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, and I, it's rare to see uh, the two athletes I'm going to put out there were so dominant in their sport, and one of them is sitting behind Kyle's head. But when you talk about, you know, dominant athletes, Wayne Gretzky, I think, and, and is really in a league of his own compared comparatively to what he did to the, you know, to the rest of the sport. Um, and then Michael Jordan, right? In terms of their top of the class, we're annoyed at the he fact that you're stuck up here. Yeah, yeah we're, we're yeah, annoyed at the fact that you are yeah. the best. Yes, and and that's where Mahomes is right now. And the problem is, is we just got done, you know, dealing with Brady being that guy for so long, and now you have a completely. When you talk about a generational player, here we are, right? Patrick Mahomes is a generational player. He is going to be in the Hall of Fame, and he has from pretty much from his first step. That's first snap. That's been his trajectory. Um, I, again, I said at the top of the show to to appreciate what we have in Mahomes before before Andy Reid. Um, I'd not seen a playoff win for the Chiefs. Right. We went how long? And then the games with Alex Smith. And I know he got the first one for us. But even then, struggled in the postseason, struggled in the postseason. Now we go in the postseason going, man, we're about to see some of the most exciting action from our quarterback. Um, and it's, it's, yeah. I'm like it's the postseason in week nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, yeah. we, that's the attitude. It's, it's a championship mentality now, right? We talk about the Tuscaloosa fans. Well, that's what we expect because Mahomes is that good and he's raised the bar for this franchise. He's raised the bar for the NFL, and it sucks to be under that bar. So this is the same thing. When we spent, as Tom mentioned, 
my entire life, we didn't draft a quarterback. Okay. From the seven years before I was born until I was 2000, until 2017, never saw them draft a quarterback in the first round. Not one time. Don't give, I don't care about quarterbacks drafted outside the first round. I don't care that five in the history have turned out to be great. It's awesome. Well, Brody Croyle. What the heck? What do you mean? Yeah, uh-huh. and Brody Tyler, Croyle. and no offense to no offense to the 86 that we had roll through here that retreads and fifth round picks. What about, and what about so Kevin Hogan? Courts. You guys remember Kevin Hogan? I think we drafted him in like the fifth round. That was pretty good. And, I mean, we also had guys, Garrett, you're a little younger, but we had guys like Elvis Gerback, Steve Bono, Rich Gannon. Like, made the wrong decision when we got rid of Rich Gannon. Thank you for that. Um, like stuff like that, where and we spent regular seasons and watched Hall of Fame players across entire pieces of the roster. Sometimes at multiple at the same time, go completely unused because they couldn't find the quarterback. And now they didn't just find a quarterback; they found the quarterback. And I'm not talking about the for the team, the for everybody, for the league, and forever at this point. Because he, th- the reason that, like, accomplished Brady, best, most talented, Mahomes, and it's not close. And no. that conversation is it's, and that's where and that's where we're at, and that's where, Tom, I love you, buddy. You mentioned dominant athletes, and I'm going to leave it to team sports because Tiger Woods is at a whole other ballgame. But if he keeps going at the rate he is, he oh, may get into Tiger's conversation. Um, Tiger's, yeah. A whole generation, I mean, that's a whole so other ballgame. The NBA is a little different because you can have generational players at the same time even, and you can also have a guy who – gets treated and is going and Mahomes is I compared to more than Jordan because he's going to get treated more like this guy and LeBron because he came out immediately and dominated. Jordan did not. He didn't dominate in college. Now Patrick didn't dominate in college, but he started and he kept the job the whole time. Jordan didn't even start until I think junior year in college, right? Sophomore year of college. So didn't start out in the NBA on fire either. Had to wait till he had a little bit of a team around him. Now Mahomes came into a little better situation. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid help. Team sport. But LeBron walked into the league, was the MVP basically like his oh, no, first year, essentially, or right away, like first couple years, um, rookie of the year's first year. Like he and it, but he also came in with all the hype. So when you ascend so fast to a level of we're talking about him as He's the best quarterback ever, and he's five years into starting. It's going to make a lot of people angry and not want to hear it. It's going to make them, oh, they love Mahomes and the national media, Mahomes. Like, uh, we saw, and I think it was Rich Eisen that did, like, a 10-minute segment on why the national media talks about Mahomes. And he basically, the 10-minute segment was him telling you, it's because he's worth it. It's because we should be. It's the same conversations that they had with LeBron where, oh, my God, it's ESPN on LeBron 24-7. Guess what? That's Patrick. And as he continues to progress, because, guys, he's not in his prime. <laughs> I know that sounds stupid to say out loud, but he's he's not quite in his prime yet. And he's definitely not in the middle of his prime yet. And we already talked about all the awards he's going to win this year and the possibility of another Super Bowl. 
and another and if he plays with a little more than one one and a half one of the third feet in the Super Bowl he's probably going to win himself another Super Bowl MVP if he plays well enough especially if they win it and he also wins the MVP because that means he breaks the NFL MVP curse of no MVP winner has ever won the Super Bowl I don't think any of them even made it to it Uh, since 2000 Kurt Warner did it yeah yeah, also, the I don't think another stat kind of related to that. The NFL passing leader has also Modern been era, right? Super Bowl. That's changed drastically for that since the Warner days, correct? It's just this. Or do they still consider this modern era? I think they probably still yeah. consider Warner modern era. But yeah, the NFL passing leader has also no, also never won the Super Bowl, so this would be that'd be another curse yeah. to break because, like but we they, said, but they rarely get there too. So it's just like right. yeah. So that's that's the thing. Like like we all said, I mean, you're seeing all of the best seasons of every quarterback to play combined into one guy. So and that's Mahomes. Because they they were a, they have been a bad franchise with a bad owner that doesn't want to spend money and do anything for decades, right? And they found a quarterback and he's really good and you know who he is? Not quite good enough. Not good enough, yeah. And it's not and he, his like fault. He's an absolutely incredible quarterback and if they and he he's probably going to steal another AFC championship or two away from us eventually. Because he's yeah. that good, it just is going to happen. But yeah, and I saw. That's yeah, why the I've... Bengals fans have such an issue with the Chiefs. That's why you saw Bills and Bengals fans kumbaya and right before they started not liking each other because Eli Apple oh, insulted Jamal Hamlin. Like, this is why. This is why we remember when we used to hate the Patriots and we really didn't know why we just hated New England because they won all the time and everybody got tired of hearing about it. Guess what, guys? Hi. We're here. This is us now. And this, you know, it's, they, it's good to be the villain. If they, I think. if they finish this, oh, Lord. Yeah. I saw a tweet. At Joe Burrow and the Bengals fans obviously are extra mad just because, you know, if you think about it, Mahomes, when he lost his, you know, the one Super Bowl, it was to a 40-year-old quarterback, you know, Tom Brady. And that's kind of the biggest hurdle he's had. Now you're stuck with a quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback who is one year older than Joe Burrow. And uh, in that same conference for the foreseeable future. So I'd say uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. But Mahomes, obviously a generational talent. Another generational talent that we have to talk about uh, who had another big game, Travis Kelsey. Obviously with uh, with all the injuries, Travis Kelsey. And, you know, that was a big thing before the game, too, is uh, he was quote-unquote questionable to go. Uh, Yeah. Ended the week with back spasms. Uh, So... He said in, in in post game that he was legitimately like he was he was going through it, but obviously AFC Championship game you get out there and you ball out seven for seventy eight and a touchdown. Zach, what did you see from Kelsey this game? And obviously the big biggest thing was the fact that you know with all the other weapons out, it came down to a lot of uh, either Mahomes and MBS or Mahomes and Kelsey kind of having that connection that they that they've had all season and and making it work. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, late in the game, and, you know, we all love Kelsey to death here. Like, he didn't do much late in the game because everyone else was out. So, the Bengals just threw three guys at him every single play and said, Sky Moore, Marcus Kemp, MVS, Noah Gray, Joey Forster, whoever's out there, go beat us. We're not letting 87 beat us. But where he made his money was early in the game. He caught a ball on the first drive, on the second drive. And the most important play that he made was that fourth and one where – Mahomes scrambles out. O-line gives him enough time. He stops on a dime. You know, Kelsey is, has a corner route. 
he recognizes that Bates played it well. Give him credit. He says, I'm not running this corner route. I'm going to turn and just make this a, you know, a 30-yard hitch route. Mahomes lasers that ball in, bang, touchdown. It's crazy. I mean, this, the connection that they have mentally to know how to do that, it's like, it's just, you don't see that anywhere in the NFL or in any sport. Like, you just don't see two guys operating on literally the same wavelength on almost every single play. And that's what we have with two generational talents, Mahomes and Kelsey. Like, and it's because of the thing we talked about earlier. They read the defense the same way. Now, you can't have a connection with the best tight end in the NFL that maybe the NFL's ever seen, especially from a receiving perspective. And I don't think it, it, we're debating that anymore either. He's 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 done eclipsed the mountaintop, boys and girls. He's literally behind Jerry freaking Rice only. In playoff, everything. Jerry Rice Roney. Pretty, pretty good. Jerry Rice. Yeah, yeah. Not bad from what I understand at the wide receiver position. Seems like fairly decent from what I know. Um, And of course, we have a wide receiver. No, he's tight end right behind him. Oh, yeah. I was like, didn't Jerry Rice play tight end? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely can block. Mm -hmm. Like Travis. Yeah, those are are similar guys. Um, Look, man, Travis. It also, as far as him, whether he was playing on Sunday or not, if you were paying attention <laughs> to the right people's Twitter accounts, you knew the answer to that question, what, six hours after the news came out about the back spasms? Because yeah. you got told subtly by certain folks on Twitter. Um, there's, there's, his, there's some trainers on there. There's some folks around you can pay attention to follow any of us on our socials and you might find those popping up on your timeline when they That's pop I up. believe we all we all mentioned it yeah Zach i think all of us did. i think all four i saw quote tweets from all four of us on it so uh yeah so. or comments or something so yeah um one of those, so those things are but uh i all of the stuff that, that he uh, does on the field and all of the stuff that he does we talked about frank look at noah gray look at jody fortson Look at look at these guys. Look at these young dudes in the tight end room. Because we talked about this tight end room. We were like, it's Travis, and then uh 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 uh, uh we don't know. Because Blake Bell hasn't Jody been Ports. there most of the year either, and that was like he was a healthy and reliable tight end. Or a healthy, uh, healthy scratch for this game. Absolutely ex- excellent this year. And when Jody's been available, Jody's been good. Now they didn't really target Jody in this game, I think, because he's still wearing Tyron Smith's arm brace. Um, but. Man, Travis, all the stuff on and all the stuff, all that good stuff. But and his leadership is excellent. The mayor getting his comeuppance in the post game speech. Maybe a top five, top five post game speech ever from Travis Kelsey. That's a top what fifteen wrestling promo cut ever. (laughs) Uh, Let's we gotta save. I mean. Yeah, that's yeah, a that's good. a wrestling. I'm I'm being facetious and 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 exacerbated and exaggerative, but come on, like that's a that's a WWE promo cut at the on the on the stage of the AFC title game because the mayor of the city we were playing decided to do some outlandish, wild trash talk that doesn't even I don't even know if I would call it trash talk more than just creepy weird. It was weird. Horrible it was PR really stuff. Weird. Really yeah, it was bad. bad. It was. I don't you know, listen. I'm um, not invested in Cincinnati politics, but I know who I would vote for if I were living there. I think <laughs> that's that, 
there, yeah. I look, yo, BJ Kissel tweeted that out, and I actually saw um some of the bigger Bengals fans accounts. There were several that were like, that dude should never win re-election because if you listen to listen to the players, and the other thing you needed to know. You know what else had a giant effect on the five sacks and the defense having a really good day? Arrowhead. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Maybe the, one again. of the loudest, loudest environments Call it you've seen. Game again. Disrespect it again. Keep doing it because every time you idiots do it, what happens? What's that graph on Twitter? What's the meme going around that used to be the hot girl matrix that's now morphed into the what matrix? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Find out. Yeah, find out. I'll I'll leave the first part out. You can fill in the blank, but blank. Find out. Oh. Keep going. And they found out. Chris Jones told you. Chris Jones told you in on Friday at the press conference. When he opened the press conference and when he left it. We'll see you at Burrowhead. That was the nicest way I've ever heard someone say, "F you." We'll see if what you say is actually true when we see each other. And then he very nicely, unnicely said after the game, uh, yeah, don't ever disrespect Arrowhead because let's just also, say they showed up. They Thank showed you up. for always, always, always instantly finding Frank Clark four seconds. The number, the, the number one thing that I look at when it comes to those Burrowhead jokes and stuff like that, I look at the rookies and they were saying, don't disrespect our city. This is our stadium. And they've been here for six months, seven months, and they're, they they might not even have a house in Kansas City yet. And they're still saying, <laughs> they know. you know, they know. this is Arrowhead. And those guys felt it too. So when that whole locker room comes together and says, oh, yeah, this is what it is, like, I mean, it was, I mean, I like to think that if it weren't for injuries to some wide receivers and stuff, it would have been a more um, uglier game that way for us in our yeah. favor. Yeah. Um, so yeah. – I'm glad we pulled out the win without those guys because if we didn't, Andy then... ripped six sheets of the offensive playbook out. He was like, "Well, everybody's hurt. None of those work. Let's try this." <laughs> yep. Where's so, Where's mean, the and... training camp playbook? Because that's what Marcus Camp and Justin and Sky Moore know. Where is the Who's got the eight yard hitch route? Yep, yep. Marcus, run that. Like, I mean, and you talk about the the know your shut your mouth and know your role and that stuff. Like, if they go on to win in what now two Sundays. That's going to become like, you know, how Kelsey, when they first won the Super Bowl, said, you got to fight for your right. And now he, that's played all the time. Well, he dropped it afterward for sure. But yeah. that's going to become the same thing as that saying where everyone's going to be saying, Burrowhead, my ass. And yeah, it's going to be the motto of the season. Where well, that will be the motto. That was the other one. You know, that was the other it, one that told it, you. That's been yeah, my I response mean, to every Bengals fan on Twitter. Uh, just, there's a, there's already a gif of it. Just just sit it out there. Just yep. Know yeah. your role. Shut your mouth. I mean, call people look, some jabronis. It's all good. It's very it's very therapeutic. They ruined our Grim Reaper stuff. Yeah. Like that. This year, yep. not letting it happen. No. Nope. There That's, are um, yeah. some revitalizations of the Grim Reaper that I have seen. Uh, hold on, Zach. There's a reason I bring this up. It ties directly into the Burrowhead comments. I shared them with Garrett and, and Tom. I uh, I won't be putting those out for the public consumption, but I'll send yeah, it to you. If you're curious where to find that image, you might be able to go to Reddit, Chiefs Reddit and look through there and might be able to come up with some of those. Uh, yeah, Grim Reaper kind of died. If, we're, if we got also, it, we're with ourselves. Way, Chiefs good. Reddit, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast and the YouTube channel. 
Yeah, and you can see yeah, uh, so Tom's top 10 movie. Senior Bowl players to watch on our while YouTube channel. While you're social meetings, I wasn't even going to go there, but now that you mentioned the Senior Bowl. <laughs> we, talked about, we talked about indirectly our next topic and our probably our last topic before we kind of do some news, give some shout-outs, and cap this thing. Um, I want to start with Zach. Sky Moore. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sky that's and not, just... Not Sky Moore, just the receiver. Sky Moore... Oh, the punt returner and the receiver because that dude took an absolute beating from this fan base. Yeah, and I don't I wouldn't call it rightfully so, but from my perspective, and I think you know, I've talked to you, Kyle, about it and Garrett and Tom, I'm sure have similar views where when you trade back from 50 and everybody wants a certain guy and then that guy goes and stars with a less than quarterback with Matt Canada quarterback with off coordinator yeah yeah, we know it's yes and that guy stars in his first season it's and you're watching your guy must punch and and even even though I was still high on high on more coming out of the draft it still hurt pained me to see that happen and then in the biggest moments, and even when he wasn't getting the ball, there were certain times where you can see the development where he's getting open. And, you know, it's just if Mahomes had a split second more or what, didn't find somebody else, like it would have been more. And the one, the crossing route Mahomes missed him on. And then we are going to go to the receiver first where on the first, I think it was like the sprint out and he comes under the, and Mahomes like shovels it quickly to him. And he makes like two guys miss and picks up extra yards and, um, that's where you see his ability in the open field. And then going to the returner, when Tony goes out and Hardman goes out, you're down all your punt returners and Watson's inactive. So you're down to basically having to play Sky Moore or put somebody back there just to fair catch Trent it. McDuffie. That's and, your only other option. And you can't put Trent McDuffie down there because you lost Snead already. Isaiah Pacheco, yeah. I think, is also so, maybe an option. But yeah. I, no, I think a lot of the people, running back. Yeah, no. Well, um, they at least had three active running backs. <laughs> Rojo the got one Rojo got one playoff random carry. Random Rojo carry in the first half. <laughs> you never know. He could have popped off. People will remember Whatever. the second. I mean the the setup, the punt return to set up the final, the Butker field goal, and that one. The one he had the one. Call. Yeah, he had one earlier, which was even better than that one, and it was called back on a ticky tack holding, which you know the Bengals fans won't mention. But I thought the refs. I thought the refs were uh, in favor of the Chiefs the whole game and never we, did anything we, to, uh, to turn them. We won't. We'll, that's a nice way to call that, Zach. Ticky tack is a nice, uh, nice descriptor there of you being polite yeah. to an official. So, and referee. he he returned that ball. He returned that ball back to the line of scrimmage where the Bengals snapped it originally from. So basically, it was a zero yard punt at that point, and it got called back to the holding. But that's you know that was one return, and then in the biggest moment of the game, forty seconds left, you cannot fumble in that situation because they're going to go kick a field goal to win it. You cannot, you know, dance around for 40 seconds to not give Mahomes enough time to go downfield. You have to get up and go straight. And he did that and he hit the hole and got 25 yards or whatever it was and set up the, you know, the legendary. He basically gave him the chance. Stuff like that. Yeah. He gave him the chance because they are nowhere near field goal range without that play. And the second return, the <clears throat> Missed call 
he gets blocked from the front into the guy running behind him. So it can't really be a block in the back unless you're calling him for blocking after the guy's already been blocked into him. Good luck with that. Um, the development and the trust in this, in rookies from Andy and Spags, because notoriously, especially at the skill positions on both sides of the ball, corner and wide receiver, they hate rookies. Well, Veach well, helped Spags because he was like, Spencer, oh yeah. get out. You're playing the rookie Spags, and now look how it's paid off. It's like, look, yeah. all you have left is rookies, so it's either you're playing yeah. rookies or Chris yeah. Jones is going to learn quarterback this year. And, it's the same, <laughs> and I think it's the same reason that they, we had the surprise cut at safety that we had at the beginning in camp because a lot of us expected um, – oh, my God, now I'm blanking. Lonnie on what, Johnson. What it, yeah, no, uh, not even Lonnie Johnson. I was actually thinking of um, Armani Watts who got – He never got re-signed. Not, not Watts, yeah. no. no. Uh, I know who you're talking about. It was not Deion Bush. It was uh, the other guy. There was a fifth safety that Nazi Johnson beat name. out. That's okay. We don't. I don't think anybody's going to be very upset that we forgot so that safety's name. He, he gets rid of. He cut him. He trades Fenton. He gets rid of all of the veteran guys, and you had every rookie make that. Every rookie that's on that raw active roster made a contributing play to that win. Every single one of them. And guess who deserves all the credit for, did I hear 11 rookies on this roster getting significant snaps? Is that the number that I heard? Am I mm. By the time they were done, 10. I guess 10, 10 or 11. It depends on yeah. what you consider significant. I, but they yes. had, yeah. I mean, they're they're Jack playing Cochran a starting on special, teams, special teams role or contributing to the offense or defensive side of the ball. Leo Chanel had snaps and I think was a three or four phase special teamer. Jack Cochran was on every special teams snap yeah. ever. Only uh, only rookie who hasn't really done anything. It was uh, Darian Darian Yeah. So so at least yeah. nine. basically. Everybody else on that, and even a couple of the undrafted guys contributing on special teams because they didn't have any veterans on special teams. <laughs> there, there aren't any. They've been using Orlando block or Orlando Brown on the field goal block because he's like <laughs> seventy-eight feet tall and he has long span. But other than that, they don't use a lot of starters on special teams and veteran guys. Um, Brett Veach, who I was told needed to be fired earlier this year, Andy Reid. Who I was told needed to be fired earlier this year, Eric Bieniemy, who I was told needed to be fired earlier this year. He probably won't be back in Kansas. But yeah. I don't know that he'll be back, but not fired. Not fired. Eric, no, uh, no. Steve Spagnolo. I was told he needed to be fired this year. Are we done now with these stupid ass conversations in Week Ten about what coordinator and and GM needs to be fired because they lost to the lost a random game to some team after they shot themselves in the foot eight times? Can we please be done? Because at this point, you have the best head coach in the league at the moment. Because I'm sorry, but um, Bill hasn't won diddly squat without Tom. Period. Not before, not after. Not before, not after. Period. And it hasn't looked pretty when he doesn't have his quarterback. 
Guess what never happened with Andy Reid? Andy Reid took and got Kevin Cobb paid. Matt Flynn got paid off of an Andy Reid offensive system. Uh, I can keep going, man. You, His best quarterback before Patrick Mahomes was Donovan McNabb. Okay? Like, he's the best. He does the best with the least, he- especially at the most important position. And when you give him the best at the most important position, guess what? All of a sudden, he knows how to operate a clock. He knows how to run the in the game scenarios. He knows how to have an offense that can't be stopped. It's amazing that players matter too. He's the best coach in football right now, and I don't think it's close. And Brett Veach, look, y'all, go run, through, go run through draft hits over the last three, four years, over his tenure even. He had one bad draft, the first one. The and, first, really, yeah. and it was really hinged on one bad player because Breland Speaks was, oh, my God, awful. And it sucks yeah, that he didn't turn out. That entire was, draft was terrible. It wasn't good. I think Derek Nottie's the only remote thing left from that draft. That's... Yeah, but like even he was, he's been bad the last. He's been like he, okay. Not, he should have drawn a sack that game. Last week. And he was pretty good. He's been pretty good in the playoffs. That's another guy who but, unsung yeah, played pretty well. Yeah, I'm not going to get into you know debating draft classes, yeah. but like you know you take Watts and Dorian and never play snap on these. Last one. Nineteen twenty in this last one. Brett hasn't missed much, especially this last all. one. Whew. And this last one was damn near perfect. Forgot twenty twenty one, so yeah. Where you, you get got, Creed and uh Trey. Yeah, last year, crazy. And, I mean and you also got other starters from that draft too in that are playing significant roles that are good players for you in that draft. They've yeah. he's been elite. Oh, by the way, he also stole Buffalo's pick from them and they said it out loud. Another don't say the quiet part out loud. Their own social media team put their GM out there saying that they just took our guy. I mean, so, the video the video you watch, they're like, oh. They oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, hey, man, uh, all the everybody needs to be fired every five minutes has got to stop because we need to en- like we need to enjoy Patrick Mahomes while we have him. Andy Reid ain't here forever, kids. Don't miss out on having one of the best coaches to ever coach in the NFL as your head coach with the best quarterback alive. Talent-wise. Yeah. It just is, guys. And it's got to stop. Do we even want to talk about the last thing on our menu there? Before we do I mean, the breaking we can, news? We can ball? slightly mention it. So, uh, obviously, great game. <laughs> Wraps it up. Uh, only small little hiccup that we talk about every single week on here. And uh, every single every single sport has to deal with this at the moment. I think it's it's really in its worst in its worst stage right now, but in every sport. But referees have been very bad this year in the NFL. Uh, it was just some very questionable things in this game on both sides. Uh, Bengals fans might think that they, they got a little bit screwed, uh, but both sides of the ball, I mean, just got absolutely hosed with dumb penalties. And just, I mean, that the third and nine, that was repeated three times, like, a, that didn't even matter no, in the that's end. That's because they couldn't hear anything. Because the dude runs yeah. in and you see him and waving his You can see him. I don't know if he's it. really blowing his whistle. Or I'm not sure anything, though. He is. I don't know no. if you can hear anything. I don't know if you But it's just a little bit of incompetence from that whole thing from the referee side. But, yeah, I mean, we get that on here literally. zero sequence, by the way. Exactly. It wasted, what, one minute off the game clock and still resulted in a punt? It actually made it harder so. for the Chiefs to beat them. 
yeah, so I mean, we don't have to really harp on it too much, just because that's been the national, the dumb national talk about it. Talked about it all year, every single week. I mean, and that's that's the thing that I think. uh, I want one thing from the NFL and any official crew in any sport at this point. I want one thing from you. One, be consistent. If you're gonna be not calling squat, don't call anything. Fine. If you're gonna call everything, call everything. But whatever it is that you do. Do it the exact same. There cannot be the dichotomy of there's a holding on this play on this touchdown, but on consecutive third down plays, there's blatant holding on the same play, basically the same exact hold on the other team that goes uncalled. And I'm not going to name teams because it went happen both friggin' directions in this game. And it happens every game, not even just this game. So, I mean, and it's every team. Every game, every week, they aren't consistent. And this is the biggest problem. The NFL basically condones it because your head referee for the freaking Super Bowl is Carl Cheffers. Yeah. I mean, so until the NFL wanna... cares and makes officials full-time employees, it won't change. It's very simple. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. And that, I don't want to get into every single call because we could be here all day. And, it's um... pointless. I think yeah. the number one thing that I looked at from that was underreported was Joe Burrow throws the intentional grounding pass, right? If you watch it back, they ran the clock after the intentional grounding, which is not supposed to. It's an incomplete pass, and the clock's supposed to stop. So even when they come back to the Chiefs, the Chiefs should technically have 30 more seconds or 20 more seconds, but they, the refs messed up and ran the clock. And then the last thing I want to address. I hate the revisionist history of, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't call, you know, because he pushed Pat out of bounds. I don't. I, maybe we shouldn't call it because, you know, the guy cried on the sidelines. I'm sorry. You are – he's seven steps out of bounds, and you shoved him – two hands shoved him to the bench? No, you're not – we're not going to say that's not a 15-yard penalty because you're sad. I have seen the – even the arguments about having – Ref discretion, five and 15-yard penalties. Guys, if a runner is at two steps out of bounds and you put two hands on his back and put him into the bench, it's 15 yards. I don't care if it's You're the freaking left tackle. That. That's a 15-yard penalty. It is every time. There's in no way, shape, or form that's not a 15-yard penalty. And you know how you know it? Do you know what the first thing that the Bengals radio announcer said when that play happened? Yeah, he's like, oh no, oh no. I mean, all yeah, I the mean, team, all the Bengals yeah, teammates, reactions, playing, reactions. Well, I yeah, and, I hate to do this to this dude, and I feel bad for Joseph Asai because he had a hell of a game before that. Joseph but Asai is the only Bengal I feel bad for in this entire sequence. Only one. He's the only, only one. one. Only dude, single Bengal I feel great. bad for. He's a young. He's a rookie. He Second played year, fantastic. Yeah. He made a mistake. But if you don't understand this, his teammates knew. Because whoever that was yeah. that was screaming at him and, on the way in the locker room knew. Why did you touch him? And, Why did you touch and him? And you have to know that it was on the Bengals' sideline. So if they wanted to get upset, they could have. And they and everyone yeah. just was hands on their head, hands Matt out. Matt Taylor knew, knew as soon as it happened. He was like, oh, come on. Yeah, everybody kind of yeah. knew that it was that was and, lights out right you know, there. It, for everything, it is. That's, that, that's all, like I said, that has to happen. That's an easy call. It's just consistency, guys. That's all anybody wants. So I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to say this about officiating as a whole. If you're going to be a fan of the NFL, but what I'm about to say you're not going to like, but you need to get over it. Because here's the because here's the cold, hard truth. Well, even if they change, hold on, let me finish my thought. Even if they change, at the end of the day, you have two conflicting problems. One, referees are human. And two, Tom Froze. And, and two, Tom. <laughs> that was the perfect timing freeze from Tom right there. I'm back. He's back. Oh, oh, look, my camera. Yeah, my one. It was uh, dramatic. Oh, my background's gone. Oh, now no. you guys know I have a green screen. What a great uh, reveal. Here's what I was saying. The first the first problem, other than the fact that I'm no longer in the locker room, uh, is that your officials are always going to be human. They're always going to be watching these plays in real time. They're going to have biases. They're going to have mis- different understandings of the rules. They're going to have different tendencies on how to call it. You're, it's curious to see how many people have actually like ever even just like at a high school level talked to an official um, because they could just be it's having hard. a bad day, right? Or they could just, hard. yeah, it's, it's oh, hard yeah. Very to do. hard job. You have to understand Look, also I, these guys are running up and down the field and that they have to be in position to make these calls. And sometimes it's just, I don't know. You see it at the, at the goal line sometimes where they'll go to call a touchdown and they're looking at each other and someone's got someone's to throw their hands up and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was totally a touchdown, right? Whoa. So – that's the first issue. The second issue is we have so many cameras and we slow everything down and we take screenshots on Twitter. And we go, oh, look at this hold. But you're not watching that in real time. You're not watching whether or not that affects the play, right? If you're going to send me a screenshot of a, of a hold that's a microsecond before the ball leaves the quarterback hand and has no actual effect on the play, you're, you don't understand the game and you're going to ruin it for yourself because you are micromanaging and micropicking these things. It's never going to be perfect. And just because we have screenshots and we have cameras and we have slow-mo and we have all these things where we can literally dissect the game, I have no interest in watching a football game where every hold gets called. I have no interest in watching a football game where every pass pass interference or every every – Yeah, everything. It's never going to be perfect. As a football fan, relax and enjoy it. And as football teams – they understand. You ask anyone, they'll say, you can't blame the refs. You can't blame the refs. Do the refs make really bad calls and piss everybody off? Yes. But also, part of what the NFL loves about that is it's really easy to generate some media income off talking about how bad the refs are. And, and that's the truth, right? That's why these – how many how many tweets did I see this week, you know, from NFL the talking heads – from, from national talking heads saying, we should change the rules. You know how stupid that is? They, they don't believe that. They only said Get that because done. they know it would gain traction. It's just like when somebody says, you know, oh, I think, you know, I think uh, Chase Daniels think? is better than Patrick Mahomes. They just want the attention. Don't don't give into it. Don't. Oh, you mean don't. Like, picking, the Chargers, picking the Chargers for the Super Bowl next year because they hired Kelly. Yeah, Moore already picking. Hour, already picking the Chargers. Yeah. Actually, sorry, the Broncos are winning the Super Bowl because they hired John um, Payton, of course. Yes, and that's a good transit. I, I, I apologize for the rant. I'm back, back in the locker room. Back. I'm happier now. Green screen, that's, Tom. That's really, really got unhinged there for a second. <laughs> if you want to enjoy the game of football, stop expecting perfect refs. That's stop expecting I, good I refs. Really... Just they're going to be there to that's keep some I, form of order. I, I used to be the person Tom just described. It, it, it almost ruined the sport for me. It almost ruined sports in general for me. Until I realized the only thing I really want from them is game to in the game that you are refing. I just want you to be consistent. 
That's all I want. I don't care. Yeah, but unfortunately, not even that right. might happen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need you to do anything else than if it happens this way for one team, the next time you see that exact same thing, I want it called the same way. That's all I want. That's a simple. That's a great. That's a great way to wrap up. Okay. The NFL creates a lot of this and a lot of the ball spot issues where we saw multiple challenges. If they would use the technology that's in the freaking ball that they advertise on TV before every freaking game, why are there eighty-year-old men with chains running up and down the sidelines trying to spot the ball, breaking the chains, having to pause the game so we can have the chains replaced? We have backup chains in there. Niners Eagles game, I believe. Um, I think we had backup chains here, too. They can pinpoint where the ball is on the field. Why are we spotting the ball like it's 1915? Use the technology we have. Simple. That's a great way to wrap up the ref talk. That went a little far, but that's how it always kind of is with ref talk because there's so much to expand on. And there's just, yeah, there is no one-stop solution for it. But like Tom said, you really just have to get over it and kind of accept that it's part of the game. And both teams got the benefit and the doubt from it this game. But uh, ultimately, ball doesn't lie. You know, that's that's the that's the biggest thing. Ball does not lie. So, Speaking of ball. that being said, AFC Championship wrapped up. Last but not least in the AFC Championship, of course, though, have to shout out once again Harrison Butker nailing the, the game-winning kick. I mean, that's the kick that sends the guy that got murdered by Chiefs Kingdom all year for playing hurt. Yeah, that's a guy that has been very underappreciated by Chiefs Kingdom this year. Harrison Butker is one of the most automatic kickers in the game when you need him. And, uh, yeah, it came through when we needed him most, sent us to the Super Bowl. So, shout out Harrison Butker. Shout out the entire, you know, yeah, shout out everybody stepping it up this game, uh, showing the Bengals that we aren't going to be taken lightly anymore. So, that all being said, since we still have Zach here for a little while longer, we're not going to try to go too much longer, guys, right? We're not going to go try to be too much longer just, with all the rest of this. The, but a little bit of news, a little bit of news in this uh, in this off week that uh, around the NFL, especially in the vision, uh, like we kind of alluded to earlier, Kellen Moore hired in uh, Los Angeles by the Chargers to be their new offensive coordinator. Let's, uh, let's see how long that lasts. Brandon Staley is clinging to straws trying to... Uh, to stay on that on that head coaching spot. Um, anyone anyone yeah. got anything to say about Kellen Moore? Kellen, I'm, just happy that, I'm just happy I'm going to get Chiefs division winner at plus money again this year. You know, just like oh my goodness, it, yeah, because you know? so, obviously the so winners, happy. obviously your uh, your 2024 AFC West champions now the uh, Denver Broncos also have hired Sean Payton, trading away a first and a second round pick to get their uh, reported third choice, I believe. That was their third reported choice behind uh, Jim Harbaugh and uh, D'Amico uh, Ryans. Ryan's. Yeah. Uh, so very bold strategy of the Broncos to uh, to just keep on... I definitely yeah. like trading Bradley Chubb and an extra pick for Sean Payton. Sounds good. It's it's certainly something. Hey, good luck to him. Hopefully, uh, you know, Russell Wilson clicks well with them and they can maybe do something there. But uh, don't you love our division opponents doing favors for us? (laughs) Can I just read? I think this is a good way to wrap. Can I just read a tweet from Patrick Allen? Um, Um, and I I think it's a great uh summary. The year is 2026. The Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos are out of money and picks. In a final desperate attempt to dethrone the Chiefs, the club select their best players and merge, becoming the lost Denver Chargers. 
predicted to go undefeated. They finished seven and ten, and the club folds. And that is uh, pretty much the future of the AFC West. I appreciate that to me very much. Uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Allen for that Mr. one. Patrick I'm going to keep talking because Jarrett looks like he's still uh, laughing about that one. But yes, um, yeah, Patrick Allen. That was a good one. I'll pick it up because I yeah. I forgot to do one thing, and I'm going to. This will be my outro and my last piece, and then we'll let Zach wrap his thoughts, and then Garrett will take us home. Um, when I listed Andy and Veach and Reed and Beanie earlier. I specifically left one guy out for a reason because nobody on the staff this year, and maybe not even players-wise, maybe Butker's in that conversation, maybe Sky Moore with the with the things. But what do those two players have in common? Well, they play on one unit along with the bajillion other rookies we talked about. And Dave Hope took an absolute beating from just about everybody in Chiefs Kingdom. Not me, because deserved beating. I'm very but... familiar with what he does. And I also told everybody he has a bunch of rookies. Let's let him figure out what he's doing with all these kids first. You know what he did? They walked into the biggest game of the year, and really the last two games of the year, and special teams has been basically flawless. They had the one hold on Sky's return. They had a little bit of a fluky thing back in the Jags game, I think, that was a holding penalty or something like that. Um, but other than that, Butker. Nails. Sky Moore, after being an absolute liability at punt return, nails. Kick return, nails. Kick coverage, other than the one hiccup, really, or the two hiccups against Jacksonville where Harrison Bucker made a tackle. That's your kicker. Uh, been nails. Dave Tobe did all the for this whole game. Redemption. 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 The whole team, rookies included, because a lot of them had stuff that they needed to redeem. Guess what? Everybody got their redemption, and I don't know that somebody feels probably more vindicated on Victory Monday than, than Dave Tope did because that was a – I guarantee you he would tell you that's probably the toughest special teams coaching season of his career because that's not easy to do what he just did. So, Zach, what you got? Yeah. I guess I'll just say that, um, you know, Going into the Bengals game, we thought we would finally see a fully healthy Chiefs team. And obviously the injuries occurred. And um, hopefully they get ready for in two weeks. They're back. You know, they get their guys back. And, you know, LeJarius clears concussion protocol. Willie's not that serious. And the, the wide receivers can do what they can do. And we finally see a fully healthy Chiefs team in the biggest game of the year, which is kind of a testament to they got here without ever – being at full strength and they're still in my opinion most likely to win the Super Bowl and probably will win the Super Bowl so yeah yeah uh, that's couldn't have said it better myself Zach we appreciate you so much for joining us on this one on this very uh, a little bit long but it was a very awesome AFC championship recap Zach if you could please let everybody know where they can find you and your work and keep on following all the awesome Zach Eisen content as we ride you to the moon here yeah uh, just find me at um, at Zach Eisen 21 on Twitter and all my stuff is there and I tweet out and my links and stuff like that I appreciate you guys having me on hopefully uh, next time we talk we're Super Bowl champions and we can talk about draft prospects with Tom then yeah, I was about to say we will you'll see be, Zach. You'll be on our list for we will prospects. see Zach again very soon with uh with draft talk on the horizon. But for now, 
we have a, weeks, uh, a lot more. Weeks. Yeah, we got two, two weeks of some really good content coming your guys' way. Be on the lookout. We've got some more guests lined up. We've got some great things. Uh, be sure to Lots follow us guests. all. Be sure to Don't follow us to all away. at Garrett720. Yes, I was about to get my have gotten to that, Kyle. You're literally... At Garrett720, at KThen16, at ArrowheadTom, and of course at Kingdom Says Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we have a giveaway going right now with our guy, the artist chief, Corey. Uh, go over to Twitter, check that out, give it a retweet and some follows. You can win a uh, really awesome Travis Kelsey print and an unopened box of uh, Kelsey's Crunch. If you're uh, if you're ever hungry on Super Bowl victory Monday, hopefully so. I'd probably hold on to that one and leave that in the box. I will know that I would crack that bad boy. You gotta have a bowl of Kelsey's a, Crunch. A, if we win the super, if we win the Super Bowl, you gotta have a Victory Monday bowl of Kelsey's Crunch. Like yeah, you just not have to. Little, not even a little, not even a little uh, signature on that box. You might, especially because I don't know how long ago Corey got that box, so it may not be. <laughs> That's very valid. But anyways, thank you all so much for listening and watching. Of course, if you are listening and you want to watch us, you can watch us on YouTube. Kingdom Says Podcast. If you're watching us currently and you just want to listen to us, you can find us on all podcast platforms. We will be back talking to you guys later this week. Thank you all so much for listening and watching. We will see you later. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details